You're listening to the Church Planter Starter Kit Podcast, Episode 10. I'm Robbie Fowler, your host, and here's what Tommy, a church planter in North Carolina, has said about the Church Planter Starter Kit. He said, this has helped me think through our website with the eyes of a missionary for our context, and that has been a game changer. Today's episode is part two of an interview with church planter Rusty Langford. In episode nine, we began to talk with Rusty about how helpful it is for church planters to blog. In part two of our interview today, we talk through some of the hidden potential benefits of blogging and answer a few of Rusty's specific questions. I believe that if you really want to reach more of the people you're called to reach with the gospel, then you've got to learn to be a skilled missionary, and that applies not only in the real world, but also in the digital world online, because that's where a ton of time is being spent by the people you feel called to reach. In short, if you want to infiltrate culture with the gospel, then you've got to become a digital missionary with your church, website, and brand. In each episode, I share some simple, actionable steps to help you connect the gospel to real people using your website and brand. We're going to pick up with part two of our interview with Rusty. He's got a couple of questions about blogging, and then we're also going to touch on a few of the extra benefits, some of the hidden potential you get by blogging. So let's jump into part two of our interview. If you missed part one, you can go back and listen to that in episode nine and then come back here. Now I want to take just the last couple minutes to talk about a couple of other benefits and then, you know, if you have any final thoughts or uh, questions, we'll we'll throw those in there. Okay. But another benefit for a church planter, if you think about your website, and this is a actually a simple thing you can do. If you take your website, so yours is Matthew Table Matthew's Table dot church. Yes. Okay. You could go to Google, you can type the word site, S I T E colon and then put in your domain name, like matthewstable.church. And what that will quickly hit return, and what Google will tell you is how many pages on your website it's indexing or crawling, right? So let's say there's 15 pages on your website. What if you had 40 pages on your website? Or what if you had 60 pages on your website? So there are side benefits. When you start blogging, and that's on your website, Google now sees this is a low, a growing living thing. Okay. It's not a 15 page website. That's been 15 pages for four years. If you're not blogging though, how, how do you do that as a pastor or planter? Yeah. You really can't. So there are other benefits to this that we'll get into, into some further podcasts that make this all the more worthwhile. One other benefit that we've mentioned a couple of times, but Just dream in your context three years from now if that great tagline you have, helping the board 
the burnt out and the broken, you know, meet the real Jesus. Imagine three years from now when you've been blogging regularly Mm -hmm. and aiming content at those three things to the outsider, to the person that's given up on church in your context. What do you think you'll be known for? Yeah, that's great. That's the church that does, and then fill in the blank. In your case, it would be that helps those people. That's the church if you're a person that's given up on the church. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if I've never been like literally people could that that are out in the community, that's what you would become known for. Even if they haven't visited your church, if they met another person that was kind of mm-hmm. broken or burnt out, they might actually say, we should like we go to over here. But yeah. because of your background, like I bet that would be a great fit for you. Someone literally that's never been to your church could send someone <laughs> to your church that falls into those categories of the, of the kinds of people you specifically felt called to reach when you felt called to plant this. So let's recap real quick. Repurpose content. Use the prep you're already doing. Aim it at your unique, you know, kind of vision for you. It's, hey, we're here to reach the broken, the burnout, and the bored. This gives you the opportunity to, to go do that. And there are other side benefits. You get some love from Google. There are some search engine optimization benefits. And you get overall, it's a long-term play. But in the long run, three years from now, you would be a church in the community known for something yes. you'd love to be known for, right? Exactly. Anything else, question-wise, that, that comes to mind? Over the course of this uh well, this whole church planning season have created so many different documents. Yep. And really, so sometimes I'm looking back through folders and I'm like, oh, wow, I spent a lot of time on that. And I haven't even, I didn't even remember it. Is that okay to repurpose, use that stuff on the blog? Not only is it okay, <laughs> Jesus says, you'll be a fool. <laughs> Jesus and Mr. T. Say so you'd be a fool not to do that. In fact, this is what you could do. You can do a one-hour content audit on yourself. Go back to your hard drive. Take one hour, like set the clock. I'm going to take the next 50 minutes, and I'll give myself a 10-minute break even for some coffee. And I'm going to look back through that content, and I'm going to write down anything that I look at and go, hey, that's worthwhile. And you can repurpose every single bit of it. Every one of those is at least one blog article, at least. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. Even if you took a month off from preaching, you could do that then. But I would be doing that regularly, maybe every six months. I'm going to take an hour, do a content audit, and make a, a list of potential blog articles. Same thing. You could take a walk today. You could take a 15-minute walk around your neighborhood, either on your phone or pen and paper, and just say, if I was to blog, what are some ideas that come that would, that would serve the broken, the burnout, and the board? I would bet you could come up with 20 ideas in a 15-minute walk. Wow. But even without doing that, like yeah. repurpose what you've already done. Absolutely. Every one of those. Every time you create content or preparing for something, what this will begin to teach you is, hey, I can swap out, put my blogger hat on, and man, here's another blog post. Yeah, and anything I feel like that's that's even in any way simplified or condensed, it's going to make it more usable. It's going to keep it more at the forefront of my mind and others. And 
if ever in the future I needed to create some type of other documents using that material, it's there. Absolutely. It's there when someone asks you a question. Hey, what does your church do? Even another church, what do you like? Hey, there's a, I've already written three blog posts. Yeah. About that. Go, you know, go check that out. Uh, Send your people. They can go check it out. So absolutely repurpose that content for sure. All the time. And here's the last thing I want to encourage you with. Any of those things we just talked about, repurposing stuff you've written, leadership training, certainly sermons, um, and the, the broken, the bored, and the burnt out, you need to understand and own this, like this takes humility. You are a PhD in all of those areas compared to what the normal person has time to spend thinking on those things. So even if you're talking about what strikes you as, yeah, but that's real basic. <laughs> that's so simple. That's real elementary. I promise you, you are thinking about all of this way more than your audience. So even the most simplest, I, I had a friend, you know, and again, lots of people where he's planting, they're just lonely. Yeah. I'm like, you can write blog posts on like basic friendship. Yeah. It's that easy because they don't have time to think about this. Mm-hmm. They know they're lonely, but you've read a book about it, listened to a sermon that 10 minutes of it applied. Like, so know that you're an expert in these areas. You can, you can take simplify things, take simple concepts that to you feel elementary. That's probably a great blog post. If it feels simple, that's probably right where people are. So don't make it even more complicated, right? Very good. Awesome. Well, thank you, Rusty, for your time. Greatly appreciate it. Love what Jesus is doing there through you guys. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have you on again and keep asking more questions. Real church planters, real life, right? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Robbie. You bet. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. I love Rusty's heart and am so grateful for what he is doing there in his church plant in his city. Hopefully, as you listen to both of those episodes, episode 9 and episode 10, first, your own heart was just encouraged by the gospel. Rusty is a great pastor and a great shepherd in particular, and so I hope that just encouraged your heart and your affections for Jesus. But also got you thinking about blogging, and I wanted to come on the end of this and talk through another question or two that you guys submitted when I said we would be talking about this issue of blogging and church planting. So here's a question that we... So here's a question I got. The question is, How do you measure quality versus quantity when you're thinking about blogging? This planter enjoys writing, but admits that writing can take a long time and can feel internally, when do you hit publish? How well written does that blog article need to be? Because when it comes to writing or rewriting or editing a blog post, you know, where is the line? What is acceptable? When do you publish? When do you need to go back and 
edit. And what he says is, I have blogged some because we've talked about it, but so far that those blog posts have mostly been things that this planter wrote previously before he actually got hit the ground running. Now that he's hit the ground running, this is understandable, something he's wrestling with. We touched on that in episode 9 and 10, that quality versus quantity, because it starts to get squeezed by time. That's the one variable all church planters face, right? It's a lim- There's limited time. So how do you measure quality versus quantity? That's a great question. What I would say is, first, again, go back and listen to episode 9, and obviously you've listened to this episode. The main thing we're talking about is repurposing content. So that this is not a new additional content stream you have to somehow find the time to come up with. So that should take some of the weight and pressure off of the time issue. That also means that the quality can go up because you are writing a blog post that's repurposing content that you have already put time and effort into. So if you're repurposing a last week's sermon, the quality is already going to be higher than if you tried to pick a brand new topic to write a blog article about and had to start from scratch. So just trust that if you're actually going to repurpose content, quality already goes up. When it comes to quality versus quantity, yes, I, ideally when you begin to blog, you would love to put something out in a regular rhythm so that you have an audience that is looking at this that knows what to expect and when to expect it. So that that is a line and something you do need to balance, and that is, hey, it's time to put another article out there to kind of keep that rhythm going. This one maybe could be improved. It's probably better to go ahead and hit publish than it is to wait. And all of this depends, like much of church planting does, on your own personality, wiring, and makeup. So if you are a ready, fire, aim kind of person that that likes to go get things done and knock things out, you might need to take a little more time to edit or have someone else edit and look through before you hit publish. However, if you're on the other end, this would be the end I tend to struggle with, and that is, oh, this thing is not absolutely perfect. I cannot hit publish until I've made sure every little thing is perfect. If that's you, I would obviously suggest the opposite. Go ahead, even if it's a shorter blog post, look through it, make an edit on that first draft, be okay with it, and hit publish. Okay, the last thing I would say on this is ultimately quantity is important. It helps with 
some of the SEO stuff. It helps long-term like anything else. The more you hit publish, the more you do this, the better and more efficient you will be at creating blog posts, again, particularly when you repurpose content. And the more that quantity goes up, quality will go with it. You will write better. You will be able to do it faster. So it's like any other skill. If you'll maybe emphasize the quantity, not in the sense of just pushing out random stuff just to push it out, but more that sense of rhythm. I'm going to put an article out one a week, one every two weeks, but get in that rhythm. That will bring the quality up over time. And what I would say is this is a long-term play. We're looking for long-term benefits. So this is not a short burst. This is a long play. In two to three years, when your website now has two to three years of regular blog articles, again, you get massive benefits on the SEO side, search engine optimization. You will get slowly over time benefits to being the church that is known for, fill in the blank, whatever your particular kind of passion or vision or calling is that you're blogging about. That's another huge benefit. And maybe one of the most beneficial things is when you repurpose this content, here's what I want us all to think about when it comes to blogging. This is one of the easiest and best ways that you can really put that missionary hat on and take sermon or training materials that you've already done and reframe those, look at that again through the eyes of the people that you're called to reach in your context that were not there on Sunday. So you're thinking, what would I tell my neighbor across the street that I've been loving on, praying for, but they have not been to a gathering yet, what would you tell them from last week's sermon if you could literally focus a small part of that sermon just on serving them and speaking to their, answering their questions? Because blogging gives you the, I would encourage you, think of this like, in particular, a really strong, sharply focused missionary tool. You're aiming this and reframing that content to speak directly to the questions of the people you're called to reach that have not been there on Sunday yet, that have not come to a gathering yet, that have not stepped into the life of your church yet, that's who you want to aim this blog at. It is not primarily to to come back and restate this for your members or those kind of inside your church family. As a church planter or a pastor, you take this platform, this blogging platform, and you use it as a missionary tool aimed at serving the people that you would love to have been there at your gathering or your small group or your missional community or 
whatever the thing was where you shared this content before. You you wish they would have been in there. You would have loved for that person to be there. They weren't, all of them weren't there. So what would you have said to them or what would you say to them if you did get a chance to spend some time with them? So that's where I want to point you and direct you for thinking about blogging. It's not primarily to restate something for the insider, the member, those that are already tracking along with you. Yes, this will benefit them. They will absolutely, it will bear fruit there. But what I am encouraging you to do, the reason why this is so helpful is it is very easy for a not yet believer, for a skeptic, for someone who's de-churched, someone who's been hurt by the church in the past, they can read a blog article. They can follow this from a distance. It does not require anything from them. They don't have to enter a building, can leave the comfort of their normal life, and yet they can peek in and you can kind of pull the curtain back and you can speak directly to them. And what you are doing when you blog and aim it that way, you are over time letting them know that you care. You're letting them know that they are heard. You're letting them know that you understand. You're letting them know that you empathize with them. You're letting them know that the gospel is good news for real life and for all of life, not just for churchy life, not just for really, really good, clean, shiny people. This is the platform that lets you do that when you blog. So I know it's tough, but if you'll think primarily in terms of repurposing content, then that's what helps with quality and quantity because now quantity can go up because, again, you're not starting from scratch. As quantity goes up, quality will go with it, and quality is already higher because, again, we're repurposing content. You've already put work into this. And then just know who you are, know your wiring. Do you tend to go too fast or do you tend to go too slow? If you go too fast, then... Be wise, get a little help, maybe even some an outside look. Your spouse or someone in your church family can look over before you hit publish. If, you're, if, you, if your tendency is to run too fast, if you move too slow, you lean towards perfectionism, then get someone, maybe one of your leaders, to kind of help hold you accountable and know that, again, Jesus is perfect, you will never be. He already is. It's okay. Read through there, edit that first draft, but go ahead and hit publish. Okay, the last thing I would say addressing the, the question is, remember this planter said in his question, how do you measure quality versus quantity? Really enjoys writing, but he said, much of what I've blogged about so far has been stuff I wrote before I hit the ground. So if you are listening to this and you are a maybe a church planter in a church planting residency, or you're considering church planting, in other words, you haven't 
officially hit the ground running yet. Take it from every church planter who has already hit the ground running. Life gets crazy then. So what I would encourage you is, yes, if you're in a residency, if you haven't hit the ground running yet, this is a perfect time to start blogging because you can already begin to build an audience. You can even write articles that you don't publish yet, that you have kind of in waiting so that when you do hit the ground running, you may have five or 10 or 15 or more blog articles already written. And probably what will happen is once you hit the ground running, you can go back and look at the article you want to release this week that you wrote three months ago or six months ago. You will probably have a new perspective on that now that you're actually there. That's very normal that you get there and go, oh, I didn't think about these questions or these people or these issues because we weren't there yet. And you can real quickly look through that draft before you publish it. And you will probably tweak a few pieces, a few parts of that blog article in light of the fact that you're actually there. But just take advantage of that time. If you've not hit the ground running yet, This can be super helpful and important for your ministry. Again, go back and listen to the episode eight. We talked about that some. That you can go ahead and start doing that now. I would strongly encourage you to do that. And that's really what this church planter says is, hey, I was able to do a lot of that stuff before I even got started. So take advantage of that time for sure. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Church Planter Starter Kit podcast. I would love if you would go leave a review on iTunes. That helps this get into the hands of more pastors and planters and serves them and helps them. So you can just go to iTunes and leave a review or a rating, and that will really help get the word out. I would love it if you would be willing to do that. On the next episode, I'm going to share some tools and some practical resources that you can use for the actual writing piece of blogging. So I'm going to give you some tips and tricks and things I've learned, some ways to help you write that content, do it well, and do it quickly. We'll tackle that on the next episode. Again, thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a great week.